Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, guys. Welcome back. EYL, ATL edition. You know, this is our second home, man. We love Atlanta. So this is going to be a legendary episode because this is always kind of my favorite episodes. I like to get the backdrop stories of music and entertainment, stuff like that. We grew up. Especially the guys we grew up on. Yeah, so everybody knows, like, you know, Chris Gotti and and all of these episodes that we do Dame. with people. Dame. Oh, yeah, shout out to Dame. Kenny Burns. Yeah, these are sure. all, like, my favorite episodes because I, I like to, to learn from the OGs. So this is right in line with that. We got the privilege of speaking to Jason Jeter, better known as Jay Jeter. Um, for me, I was a huge T.I. fan that's growing up. So that's the first time that's I heard your name. He used to always say your name, like Jay Jeter, Jay Jeter. Then I used to read like Source magazines and stuff like that. And they was like, yeah, Jason Jeter, the business partner. And he's like, you know, the business behind Grant Hustle, T.I.'s record label. So I'm like, oh, all right. So that's who I knew who you are. And then it was crazy that, you know, how life happens. And now we get to do an interview with you. Yeah. But yeah, so Jason is, he wears many hats. Um, so... He had a record. He still has record label. Um, he was responsible for a lot of 
the major artist in this last decade, That's a two fact. decades actually. I, I think unknowingly, people don't really don't know the game like B-O- that. B.O.B., Killer yep. Mike, um, Travis Scott, Iggy Azalea, of course, T.I. Trade the Truth. Young Dro, um, to name a few. Just a couple. To name a few. I, I say I definitely got to work with a lot of great people. <laughs> you know what I'm like, one way or another, we got to work together, you know, yeah. and, and super dope experiences for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, were the, you were the man of mystery for a while. Like I told you, like, we always heard your name, but we never saw you. And I think, like I said, like, big things popping when you was in the beginning. I'm like, that's got to be him. Yeah, That's yeah. got to be him when he get it. So, and um, and he's actually the owner of uh, Heavy Sounds Labs, which is a whole revolutionary uh, approach to the music industry. We're going to talk about that as well. So we got a long conversation. So first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Nah, thank you for um for having me. Of course, I'm a fan of the show, watch the show, and you know, it's dope to be here. I appreciate it. So let's let's get right into it as far as the music. So you, you found T.I. I heard the story. I read the story about that. So T.I., one of the greatest rappers of all time. Sure. Um, definitely one of the, the best to ever come out of the South. Revolutionized trap music. Yeah. It's interesting because that's like a whole genre of music. Even though I don't know if his sound is really trap music, like what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different story. But the sound has changed. He, yeah. But, you, you evolve, you grow. Yeah. But yeah. so I say that to say you found him. So how did you find T.I.? What's that story? Um. I moved to Atlanta in, in like 97, and I started working at Patchwork Recording Studio. And Patchwork was was young hip-hop studio, like, you know, so for me coming to the city, and I'm seeing, it's like you said, you're reading credits, I'm reading credits, I was that same person, you know? So I'm seeing, like, Patchwork on the back of um, Outkast albums and, and just the different, more hip-hop albums that's coming out of Atlanta. So I ended up going to the studio, Getting a job, getting an internship, the whole nine. They had a, a record label upstairs, which um, was a, a independent label. They had artists like Raz Kaz, Mean Green, rest in peace. Mean Green just died, um, and and a guy named Mr. Voodoo. And then downstairs they had the recording studio. You know, so for me, I pretty much I interned upstairs. I uh, worked records college at college radio. You know, and then downstairs I would work overnight. I'm like the nighttime studio manager, right? So that means I'm doing everything. I'm opening the door, I'm, you know, taking out the trash, I'm just whatever the artists need. They need some weed, whatever, I'm figuring it out. Like, <laughs> you know, so like, I'm doing everything, you know? Um, and, and you know, like, I always say, like, that position, you know, I put myself right in the middle of traffic, you know? So everybody in, in Atlanta, if you was a producer, if you was a, a manager, an artist, A&R, a future something because you're in the entourage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I got, I put myself at the perfect place because I got to meet everybody opening the door. And, you know, and now, of course, getting an opportunity to really start knowing people, you know? So I'm fresh out of, out of New Jersey, New York, so I'm down here. And, and I had already interned at Arista Records in New York. I had already sold mixtapes in high school. I had already, like, had a lot of experiences, like, up into this time, you know? So when I'm here now, I'm very strategic and I know what I'm kind of trying to put together, you know? Um, and I ended up meeting DJ Toon. Uh. DJ Toon, <laughs> super dope producer. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. At the time, during this time in Atlanta, noontime was like everything. Like anybody know about Atlanta, you know about production, producers, like noontime was like, that shit was like the mob. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you was a producer and you wasn't a part of noontime, 
you really wasn't eating. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a crew of producers. That that was a, a, a that was a company by three young entrepreneurs, um, Nooney, Henry Lee, Chris Hicks, and Ryan Glover. You know. Okay. And like for real, like y'all need to get with them. If anybody don't know them, you need to like know the history of like noon time because that shit was the blueprint for a lot of people who came behind it. Organ- organized noises after that. Organized noises during the same time. See, noon times downside, or why a lot of people don't know them, is because they didn't really have an artist that really blew. Okay, you know okay. But like now on the business side, like when it came to like writers and producers, they had like Jazzy Faye, um, Dent, uh, Brian Michael Cox, wow. like John T. Austin, um, J Dub. They had like a lot of dudes that that were like on every album, like from from. R&B to, like, rap during, during this era of music, you know? And they had their own publishing company. So, like, for real, like, shout out to them. They inspired a lot of people, you know? But during this time, you had Noontime in Atlanta. You had Noontime. You had Organized Noise, who, of course, were doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, you had Jermaine Dupree, So So Deaf. And, and it was kind of like you had clicks, you know? So I really kind of said to Tomp, like, yo, Tomp, you dope, but you by yourself, so like, why don't we find an artist together so that you can really display your music properly, you know? And um, that's what led us to going out and trying to find an artist, you know? And then not too late after that, we find Tip, you know? Coincidentally, DJ Toonpac grew up with a guy named Tremel Morgan, rest in peace, who was Tip's older cousin, you know? So that's how he kind of, found him and literally brings me to music. He like, yo, what you think? I'm like, yo, this kid is dope. He had a few records that that was recorded, you know. Um and you know, from there it was like, yo, let's meet him and let's work. So so you meet him there, right? And then is that the point where you're like, all right, we're gonna take this kid, you create Grand Hustle management? Or are we just trying to get him signed to a label? Yeah, so so um so we meet, we meet, we hit it off, we do a, a demo tape immediately. Go to the studio, do four records, tip and tune, and um, get a deal, you know. Um, get a deal, get them signed to Ghetto Vision, LaFace Records. And at that point, yes, that's when Ground Some Management started as my management company. Okay. And then he was signed to Ghetto Vision slash LaFace Records for the first project, I'm Serious. It just made me think of the line when he's like, yo, man, if L.A. could just see how wrong he would be. Oh, I told yeah. you nobody's stronger than me. I told you so. So, <laughs> so, all right, so you you did the first album, which commercially wasn't really that successful. Sure, yeah. um, That's the I'm Serious project, right? Yeah. So then how do you um, do that joint venture with, was it Atlantic? Atlantic. Atlantic did it, yeah, so yeah. how did that come about? Because at the time, they said it was like kind of a revolutionary situation, with, right? With, yeah. Kind of like explain that a little bit. Yeah, so um, so we did the first album, I'm Serious, and, and like you said, L.A., like, they didn't see it because, you know, it wasn't social media and shit then. Like, yeah, so, I remember Beanie Man was on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but for real, like, the first album, if you in the, if you from the Southeast region, like, the first album is like a classic. You know what I'm saying? So that gave us the ability to do shows like crazy throughout the South, you know? So for us, we just burning through the South, you know, which... Um, which L.A., they, they couldn't really see it, but clearly we're we doing shows, so we know what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and, and, and really he kept, the, he wanted us to do another album, whereas we were like, nah, let's go deeper. Let's shoot some more videos of this album. 
you know. And our thing was, if if you if you don't help us work this album right, when we see the traction, why should we do it again, you know? And we really didn't agree, so he agreed to let us go, you know. So now at that point, you know, for real, it was like the best thing that could have happened, you know. Because <laughs> you know? yeah. like at this point, like we were already moving throughout the south, so I'm already when I come to, when we go to a market, we hitting the mom and pop record stores, which still existed back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, we doing the show. Like, we, we getting the contacts at the radio station, the whole nine. So, at this point, I got all my information. So, now, back home, 50 Cent's doing mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm like, okay, like, let's just take some of this music. Some people heard. Some people didn't hear. You know? And let's yeah. create out, start creating our mixtape series, you know? So, we started doing that. We created this brand called... Um, in the streets, you know, we that did DJ drama. No, 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 no. That wasn't DJ drama. We started um, literally Ti and the PSC in the streets. And it was tip. Oh, PSC. Yeah. And they did the first mixtape, and that mixtape was was crazy, you know. So that mixtape was like we selling them, we shipping them, mom and pop stores. Of course, people bootlegging them. Everybody in the streets, like it was on fire, you know. Um, but during this time. I found DJ Drama had a had a flyer in a, in a barbershop. Like he had like his, his artwork to his flyer in the barbershop. So I, I'm starting to see like these DJ Drama flyers like in obscure places. So you gotta think Gangsta Grills hadn't even done nothing with no artists before. Yeah. Like, so I hit DJ Drama up because I already know like our mixtapes is going so crazy, but we're not really in the mixtape business for real, right? We're just doing this shit as a means to get some traction and you know, but you know, I, I was like, I thought it made sense, too, because once again, I'm, I'm looking at my, what came before me with, with Clue and with Rockefeller and all of that. So I'm like, yo, we need a DJ. So I hit Drama up. We get with Drama. We started kind of like building with Drama. But we didn't do a, a mixtape with Drama, I think, until like maybe after our first two mixtapes. And then we did a mixtape combined with Drama, you know. But long story short, those mixtapes is what got us traction. You know what I'm saying? Those mixtapes... Um, you know, so you know how it goes, supply and demand, you know? So, like, know. they got the um, demand right, and then record labels start doubling back and, and calling, you know? Um, and we ended up doing it with Atlantic, but we had, like, everybody, except for, like, Jimmy Iovine, everybody else. <laughs> just, based off, just based off of, like, the, the buzz that you was building in the street. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, Atlantic, it was, it was a 50-50 joint? Yeah, yeah, that was a 50-50, yeah. So, what is 50-50? Like, what is it? Because I hear that a lot, but, like, what does it actually mean? Like, you just split revenue 50 Are you responsible for 50% of promotion? Like, or is it just 50% nah, of the so, revenue so, goes so, to you? So, a record company is always paying the money. Like, you're not really coming to the table paying money. But, you know, like, 50-50 is a net profit split. So, after we, you know... Expenses now these profits we split fifty fifty down the middle. Is, is that the standard like that like record labels would have like a rough ride or something like? Is that like fifty fifty? Yeah, split? yeah, yeah. For, for most artists, that's the standard. And then you have um of course people who will say oh, I got a distribution deal. So you know that that's even going even deeper, right? So now it depends on which a split is even with a distribution deal. So verbiage can be can be interesting because you can have a fifty fifty deal and you can still have a a, a um reversion. Whereas now at a certain point, after a certain amount of years, the masters revert back to you versus somebody can say, yo, I got to deal all my masters. I got to deal, I got a reversion. I'm on my masters in five years. Did you, got, <laughs> did you, did you guys have your masters? Yeah, yeah, we got a version. Yeah, we reverted back. Version, well, how, does, well, how does that work? So basically after 10 years of, um, if you do a deal with, say, whoever, whatever 
Sony, Universal, whoever, and you say after 10 years, the masters revert back. To Come back. Right. For the entire catalog? The entire catalog, absolutely. So at that, at that point, when y'all get to Atlantic, this is the first time, y'all put out trap music? Is that the first yeah, album first that comes album out? Atlantic, yeah. And then, and does that create, because I'm, I'm trying to paint this picture clearly, so we, we, we drop, well, you guys drop uh, trap music, and then Grand Hustle Records comes from the no, success no, no, of that? No, 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 no. We walked in the door with Grand Hustle okay, Records. Okay, okay. Trap music. So after I'm um, Serious was over, we hit the streets, we did the, the mixtapes, volume one, volume two. This, you got to think, we had, during this time, we got Puff on our mixtapes, we got Foxy Brown on our mixtapes, we got, the record Never Scared came from our mixtape. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like we got records that's like big. it's coming, big records yeah, yeah. that's coming from our mix. We we heard them. Up, I mean, we heard them in New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah. So so you know at that point you know supply and demand. So you know at that point it's like why would we just do artists do? I'm interested to know the um the backstory on this. We gotta get Ti on the show too. But yeah, yeah, sure. it was um because I'm a, I was in I think I was in college. I was in Baltimore in college and. Up until that point, I, I honestly never listened to any Southern music. I was, like, really, really New York. Like, I grew yeah, up on Mob Deep, yeah, yeah, Raekwon, Nah, yeah. stuff like that. So I was really, and then, but T.I. was the first person that I saw from the South that reminded me of somebody from New York. Yeah. Like, his style, like, you know what I mean? Like, he he looked like some, like, he didn't have gold teeth in his mouth. He had a fade. Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, so it's like, exactly. I, I'm interested. I mean, you're from New York. So was that... Did you have some influence in like, or was he just like a different person? Like, I mean, you know, it's interesting because when I met him, that's how he was. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what, to me, that's definitely what was like, okay, like during this time, Outcast is like everything in Atlanta. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody got dreads, they got gold teeth. It's like Goody Mom Outcast. Right? Like, everybody has that influence. Think about the Young Bloods, Jim Crow, yeah. like all of those artists. Like, that's how it was for real, you know? So for me, seeing them and, and seeing that, right? Like, yo, damn, he polo shirt, fade, tags, <laughs> like, gold teeth. I'm like, like, this is something interesting, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, like, but when you look at it, the craziest thing is this, right? Tip's dad lived in Harlem. Oh, okay, so there like, it is. Tip, used to go to New York during the summer times. Just the same way if you was from up top, you might go down south for the summer. You yeah. used to go to New York for the summer. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that kind of you know you always got to think yeah. about. That, bro. Now you swagger know? like us makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> so so all right, so y'all y'all blowed off the door with trap music. That's like I said, that changed the game. And then right off the gate, like y'all y'all start with the um the label, like so. Yeah. How did how did that? All right, so it's one thing to have a superstar artist. Sure. But I'm assuming it's, it's, it's not as easy to, like, grow it and have other artists come in. Like, how'd that, how that, how that work? <clears throat> I mean, you know, it, it's like you said, it's, it's challenging. You know, um, it's definitely challenging because even when you're doing a partnership with a Atlantic, Def Jam, whoever it is, you you getting a deal on, on this, you getting this joint venture deal on the strength of this this one right here, yeah. you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So to truly get them to look around that at any point is hard as hell. You know what I'm saying? You look like it's super challenging, you know? Um, but I think for us, I think we did a, a decent job for real. You know, when, when you think about, um, like, we really went in a lot of different directions. You know, we did the hustle and flow Soundtrack. soundtrack, yep, yeah, yep, yep. We did that. That was dope. That was a great experience working with John Singleton. Rest in peace. Obviously, you know, the, the movie, like, 
won an, uh, an Academy Award. You know what I'm saying with, with the with the um, with the record. Um, Three Six Mafia, Three, right? Six Mafia, absolutely. <laughs> you know. So um, it's hard out here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough, man. Because even for artists too, like a lot of times artists like they want to. <laughs> me and my man Clay, shout out Clay, man. We we always had a saying like, yo, an artist. It's hard for artists to get off the yacht and get back on their tugboat. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you know, you think if you're an artist signed to another artist, it's easy to, you know, ride his wave, ride his and, wave, yeah, and be on his rider and and be at the hotels and all that shit with his reality. But when you think about your reality, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to get out here and really grind from the from the bottom up. You know, so that part, a lot of artists too. You know, they kind of mentally, you know. Like, yeah. Do you think that that's an interesting point that you bring up? Because you see, like, G Unit, and it's like, Lloyd Banks to me, one of the greatest lyricists, but they never, once 50 decided that he was cool off of them, they never did anything, right? And it's like, for the most crews, that's usually the case, right? Yeah. Every now and then you have somebody like a Jim Jones who, like, yeah. started as a hype man and now became actually probably the biggest member in the group. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like you have a lead rapper, he has his crew. They're like, you know, the St. Lunatics. <laughs> nah, no disrespect, but then it's like when he leaves, so it's like, it's kind of like a gift and a curse. Nah, this guy's crazy. Nah, shout out to Murphy Shout out to Murphy Lee. Lee. And, um, nah, nah, shout out to the whole unit, man. Shout out to them, man. Shout out to nah, my man Trike. Nah, shout out to Dirty. Nah, this guy's crazy, man. Shout out to Dirty and T. It's like a gift and a curse in a way, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a gift and a curse for sure, man. Um, because, too, let's be honest, like, a lot of times the rapper is the CEO of the company, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and no matter what, no matter how business, great you're at business, you are still an artist, you know? So you are still, you know, it's, it's going to be different. You know, things, treatment, attention, all of that, you know, like, you're an artist. You're going to go for opportunities for yourself. Like, so I think that um, it's, it's, it's super challenging. It's a lot of dynamics that come into it, you know? That's why typically um, I think when you, when you see it work, really have the artist and the and the and the, the business person, you know, myself and Tip or Dame and Jay or you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. usually like you gotta have some balance because you gotta have somebody that's kinda still fighting for like the underdog and the new and having that 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 hunger for the business too. You know what I'm saying? Like you think like I was a fan of hip hop before I met Tip. You know what right. I'm saying? Like I I saw a crush move, I knew what I wanted to do. So to me, it's like I got the same hunger as him when we click up because, like, yo, I want to do this and you want to do this. Now, damn, we can do this together. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so I think that that's truly like the the best combination that you could possibly have in it. Yeah, I think that that what you're saying, like, as you were saying, I'm like, yo, you guys are, are the perfect match, right? Because this guy is an artist. He's also the, the co-owner of the label, but like. You got the business. Like yeah. you're gonna take care of the business. Nobody, you don't. They don't see you, but you're making all the moves, sure. right? So, like, is it your vision to expand it outside the music and just let Tip focus on the music? So, as like we're getting into films, we're getting into clothing, right? Because ATL was a situation that in the King album, yeah. like it was yeah. perfect timing. Perfect timing. Like King album. <laughs> you want to talk about perfect timing? Like perfect time, yeah. at that point, it was like, "Yo, this guy is not the king of the south." Like, what you, what you yeah. know about that? This yeah. is like the biggest yeah. guy in rap music yeah. now. Yeah, that was perfect time. That was, that was big. Yo, it's, it's funny, man. I mean, like, I couldn't really tell you how how it started, but the hunger was 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 matched. You know what I mean? Like, as far as like, yo, got the opportunity to do this and that and this and that. Like, just being that the blueprints was already laid before us. So we students of the game, right? right so right, of right. course, like we in the fashion, so naturally, all right, like 
Yeah, we're gonna go to fashion at the right time. Right. You know. So um, you just watched the, the cruise before. Just watched the cruise before, right? So same thing with with film. What happened on the film side is crazy because somebody had reached out to me, like a casting agency. They had hit me about tip auditioning for barbershop, you know. So he um and we wasn't prepared. Like they saw like this was like they saw an interview on him in the magazine and was like, yo, we want him to audition. So now we like, what does that mean? Oh, send a tape. Like what? Like <laughs> so, yo, like we went <laughs> Tim C is he gonna buck out too. Yo, we went and and, and my, my man had a barbershop. We in a barbershop, like we filming <laughs> we filming him doing the part and shit. Like, so we sent the tape and obviously he didn't get the part, you know, but that that's was like it was like, yo, we're gonna do things that we're supposed to do to get big. That was really the thought process more than anything. Like anything that's like authentic and natural and, and looking crazy and compromising yourself, like, why not? So let me let me ask you this, because I want to talk about the label. Shout out to Young Dro. That's one of my favorite songs of Shoulder all lean. time. Shoulder Lean. That, that remember, was, that, remember that was our cookout closeout. Record. That was big tune. That was big Shout tune. Shout out to Dro, absolutely. So yeah. you guys, it seems like you had a lot of artists. Like, I don't know if it was official situations or... So, B.O.B. B.O.B. How did, like, because people don't... B.O.B. Two number one singles. That's a hell of a run. Back to back. B.O.B. has a lot of... Like six million sold. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The Bruno Mars joint. The Bruno Mars joint. Understand, Bob has like a lot of records sold. Super talented. A lot of records sold, man. For real. Shout out to Bob. So was, was, was he on? A, was TJ. he? He's on a label. He was on a label. Yeah, yeah, he was on a label. Yep. So, all right. How did? So at this point, it's like, I guess the first group of of people is Ti's friends, or people from his neighborhood. Yeah, yeah right? absolutely. Like PSC, PSC was first. Young Troll from his neighborhood. Right. But now you actually, all right. Now you actually start to have to like. Are you are you like an A and R at that? Like, are you actually finding talent? Like, I mean, I, how'd you find Bob? Like, how did that come about? So I'll say this, right? I was definitely A and R. Um, I and R all of those albums in the beginning, you know. But <clears throat> more than just that, I believed in building like a real company and a real team, you know. So as soon as we went and we got a, a deal with with Atlantic Records to do a joint venture deal, we got overhead budget. So now I was able to say, okay, cool. Now it's some people that that we've I just hit the table. <laughs> so I was like, so now it's some people that um, that um that um that that I've been rocking with that I respect and I like the way that they're hustling. I've already identified these people. Like, yo, when I get right, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna get my man Clay Evans. You know, because Clay, that's my guy. We we met each other at Patchwork. Like he was promoting parties. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and he just he, he knew how to move around. You know, I'm new town like the somebody I met I met him early you know and then it was another person Hannah Kane you know this is a young lady my homegirl she we met her in, in school and um, not in school in Lenox Mall rather we met in Lenox Mall and she started managing the shark bar shark bar used to be on fire down here on Friday Yo, nights shark, remember shark so bar like, yeah yeah shark bar used to be crazy so <laughs> and it, like I'm seeing like the parties and shit like that she doing so like I'm like okay I'm gonna go get her like these two people I really don't know but so many people in Atlanta right you know what I'm saying like but these pe two people that I've met that I'm building with that I like the way that they they move you know um so we did a deal and I, and I went and I did that you know and then Tip he had of course his friends that came with him um, Doug Peterson, shout out to Doug. Doug was one that was was also like, all right, cool. I want to be on the business side. He wasn't trying to rap, you know. Um, so for real, like that was like our 
our executive team, so to say. You know, Clay created this um off of the off of the movie. He created this open mic called Hustle and Flow on um Bankhead at Club Crucial, and that's how we found Bob. Bob oh, he's performing. Yeah, he used to come to the performance. At the open so when mic you first heard Bob, 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 what is it? Which one is it? Is it Bob or Bob? I mean, it just depends. Depends on both. Like, <laughs> Bob, I mean, if you see him, you're not gonna say, "What's up, Bob?" You know what I'm saying? My, my close friends call me Bob. <laughs> I kind of feel like he was ahead of his time. Definitely. Because now, even I feel like Young Thug is, you know, kind of. It's like. Yeah. It's a whole genre of rap that's like a mix between rock and roll and punk rock, yeah. and you don't really Listen, know man, where to categorize. Bob, it. Bob was so ahead of his time that it kind of it kind of hurt him for real. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like being that that he was just he was like an outcast, no pun intended. You know what I'm saying? But he was just like he was just out there, like during that era, like and and for him, like he wanted to get love from. His community, right? Like, I'm yeah. from Atlanta. I, I go to Magic City. Like, nobody's checking for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, my, left, I just left doing a tour in Asia, though, yeah. in China. Like, so, you know, this is Bob's energy, which kind of truly, like, encouraged him and motivated him to make records that resonated, like, in those places. Yeah. You know I remember, I, he was, like, uh, up and coming. Like, I remember him being on the cover of XXL's Freshman. And I'm like, yo, all right, this, this dude can rap. But then it was like, they were playing him on Z100. And it was like... You know what I'm saying? He had, he had, he had Bruno on his first joint. The Airplanes record was out of this Bruno world. Bruno on his first joint. That's, you had Bruno Mars on your first record? <laughs> like, that's big. Your first record is double platinum. And he's, bro. at that like, time, Bruno, like, he, first record. that's his first record. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, be, yeah. Bob is the bigger artist on that, on that song. And it's like, mm -hmm. all right, well, who's that kid that's singing on the hook type thing? Yep, exactly. That's crazy, exactly. man. So, but how is it? All right. So, you, 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 you're running a record label. You have T.I. who's like, if this was the Lakers, he'd be LeBron James, right? Sure. But then you got a bunch of other artists that's coming in the fall here with his crew, PSC. Then you got yeah. Young Dro, who's a budding star in the streets. Yeah. And you got Bob, who's alternative kind of, you know, rap. Yeah. It's a little different situation. And it's, it, the record label's growing. So, like, as a coach of an NBA team, you got to sure. manage egos. And it's yeah. like, this one person think he's not getting enough attention <laughs> and stuff like that. Is the record, is it like that for a record label? Absolutely. These are artists. You know what I'm saying? These are rappers. You know what I mean? Like, these are rappers, right? So you put them in the room, you know how that go? Like, they want it. You know, they want it. But true, true indeed, it's, it's, it's about who really wants it the most, who really puts in the most work, who really goes out of their way, you know, to consistently put in that work, for real, that, that truly kind of shows. You know, you see the difference between the ones that really go and the ones that don't go. You know, of course, a lot of times it's talent, but most of the time it's work ethic. Working, you're gonna get better, you know. So, yeah. I mean, um, obviously Bob, like you said, he was the first one to kind of to come to come in from the mix. But you know, we did DJ Drama's first album, mm -hmm. I think first two albums, maybe. You know, we signed Eight Ball MJG. We did um, oh, did you? Albums with uh, them. Uh, yeah, we okay. um, who else we had? We had uh, of course we, we went to the Iggy Azalea era. I was just thinking that, like in my mind, I'm like, yo, y'all really followed the crews. Like now, I hear the New York presence. It's like, yo. The firm had Foxy, right? They got a female presence. Big had Lil' Kim. And, like, y'all got it. Y'all went the female well, let me, route. Let me ask you. But y'all went a different route. Iggy, Iggy's well, interesting, though. We went a different route before that, even, too, actually, because we had a girl group called Ecstasy. Shout out to Jennifer and Bola, man. We had two girls. And it's so funny because, like, when I listen to, like, the city girls and all that stuff now, I'm like, man, these girls was ahead of their time because that was, like, that was dumb. 
You know what I'm saying back then. Well, why do you think Iggy Azalea never really? Um, because she is talented. And she's like a model, and she has a huge following on social media, but it just seems like she's just not a big musical artist. But she has the potential. It, it would seem like she has the potential to be a musical artist. I mean, artist. sometimes like, people got to understand, I think, um, how to play their position, you know? Because like you said, like, like you mentioned, what, Lil' Kim, Foxy, Foxy. Brown, like mm-hmm. all those people, like, they, they didn't come out. They wasn't writing any rhymes and stuff, right? They was a part of a team, and it was a part of a movement. They played their position and was able to really run through the through the holes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, and I mean, when you get carried away and think, "Oh, I'm," you know, like, and people start working for you and just like, "All right, cool." And ego, you, did, you ego. didn't really do it all by yourself. So, you know, um, how do you think you're gonna maintain it by yourself? You know? Yeah. So, um, that's what happens in a lot of those situations. I was I was surprised. Another Z100 record. And I'm like, damn, tip behind that? Yeah, got yeah, behind that? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was moving. That fancy record was. Yeah, that, that fancy was a big. That's record. out of this world. Yeah, that record was big. Huge. Yeah, records too. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Look at Iggy. Iggy got a lot of plaques too now. Like for real. Travis Scott. Travis. Scott. This is an interesting conversation. I just learned some stuff. How did so? How did that come about? <laughs> you say you just learned some stuff. <laughs> Yeah, man. Skips <laughs> war. Yo, look, I'm telling you, I'm fresh out. I haven't been outside lately, man. Like, 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 Let real. me go back to 2012. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shout out to DJ MLK, man. DJ MLK. Yeah, this is crazy, right? So, Tip met Iggy and Travis on the same night. Really? On the same night, you know? And this was in LA. I wasn't there, I was in Atlanta. Tip comes back to Atlanta, of course. He like, yo, Iggy, like, tall, white, blonde, foreign <laughs> chick. Like, he like, yo, I'm going to write some rhymes. I don't even know what this is. We got like, something. Like, <laughs> so he like, you know, like, boom, he's like on it, you know. And and I kind of, I'm in the room. This DJ MLK is like, yo, Jay, you got to see this other kid, though. He don't, he don't, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, all right, show him to me. And he shows me Travis' video. Um, And to me... Like, I got it. Like, yo, this is like baby yay. You know, like, art, artistic, the whole nine. Like, sound-wise, I'm like, I get it, you know? So, literally, like, a day or two later, I went to L.A., and I met him. You know, actually, right then, I got on the phone with him. And then I went to L.A., like, a day or two later, and I met him. And, um, and, and then we came back to Atlanta, you know? And we came to Atlanta and um, recorded some music. And literally, we went to New York and did a deal with L.A., you know? So, did a deal with Epic. And at the time, you said you had, like, 500 YouTube followers or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was early. It was early. Like, like it, was, it was, yeah, it was early. So, you, all right, so you, 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 signed, you signed a record deal with him. Mm-hmm. You said with L.A.? Yeah, a partnership. Partnership. Through Grand Hustle. Grand Hustle. Records. Yeah. So, he was on Grand Hustle. Yeah, correct. But how come nobody ever knew he was on Grand Hustle? <laughs> Yo, because Grand Hustle was smart. <laughs> <laughs> you don't about, say. Let, 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 let's start there. I mean, like, so think about this, right? So Travis, Travis, boom, does the deal. Then he meets, he meets Kanye. Clearly, Kanye sees what we saw, right? Kidnapped him. <laughs> yo, boom, they start working, and at that point, like, yo, we're here to support you as much or as little as you want us to. If it's working, why not? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's working, like, why interrupt anything? You know? But for real, real talk, the, the, the best thing that happened in that scenario for him when it comes to us is we took him to L.A. Reed. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is where L.A. gets all credit in the world. L.A., Jimmy Iovine, to me, them like the best executives of my era, you know? Mm. Um, because L.A., he, know, he will invest in you and make you a star if he believes that you're a star when you're in a room before everybody else sees you a star. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, like you could have went to Def Jam or any other label, and they ain't going to invest in you like that, you know? So that's the dope part about that story, for real, is, like, yo, L.A. will invest in you. Y'all, y'all always kept a good relationship even after y'all left L.A.? LA? Yeah. Yo, L.A. is the best, man. Like, L.A., from the standpoint of when we left, you know, it, it wasn't, like, no grudges. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, more than anything, it was like, oh, shit. Damn. Salute. Y'all was right. I didn't see it. Let's do business. <laughs> you know that's dope. No, that's dope. I was like, yeah. So, you know? so, Travis Scott is signed to Grand Hustle and then right away just decides to do his own thing, but he's already signed, so it's like he's still on the team. It's like if you don't show up to practice, you're still on the team. Is yeah, that, yeah. That's I mean, like kind of like listen, the – Listen to the first album. You see Tip all on the first album, like moderating the first album there. I don't think I heard. I don't think I heard the first album. I think people started catching wind after the the rodeo, the rodeo album. It it started that traction started growing. Sure, and he became. That's when you older people start catching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't want to say that part, but that's when I was like, "Yo, who is this kid?" And then obviously we knew Kanye, and I'm like, "Yo, this kid like is around Kanye a lot." And then I'm starting to listen to Ye's music. I'm like, "Wait, Ye's starting to sound like this kid a lot." And then the trajectory is just obviously out of this world. Yeah, and then I started, so that last album was the Grand Hustle album. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Astro, Astro World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's classic album, classic yeah. album. Classic modern, album. modern classic. Classic album. Yeah. That was you, you guys still have a relationship with him now? Or? I, mean, I used to speak to Travis probably in like about a year for real. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So you know how that go. So he was able to create his own imprint. Before or like right after he left the, the Astro World tour, then Cactus Jack Records comes about. Cactus Jacks comes about right at in the beginning of Astro World. Okay. Like, yeah. So Cactus Jack is a part of Astro World as well. Yeah. And he went. He went back to New York to get his first artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah Who's his exactly. artist? Exactly. Oh, Shaq West. Shaq West. Shaq West. <laughs> yeah. yeah All of his own. Yeah. Shout out to Shaq West. Um. So let's talk about the clothing business. A clothing oh. business. So yeah. three hundred million dollars in sales. Yeah, that's that's what that said. I guess so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I guess so. A king of oneself. <laughs> I guess so. So cool, cool's twelve years old though. Yeah, I started in '08. So, how how did that work as far as getting in the clothing business? I can, I'm assuming it's a lot different than the music business. Like, is it, it what is it the same? Is it like distribution deals? Like, how's that work? It's, it's, it's kind of the same. It's okay. kind of the same in a sense. I mean, of course, it's different the way that the money you know. Bust down on, on the end a lot more um, recoupables and things of that nature because it's hard goods, right? You know, but um, same thing, right? For us, we knew once we caught momentum, we knew the certain areas to go to. You know, we knew that fashion was one of them. You think like during this era, everybody was wearing white tees. If you was in the South, cash money, everybody wearing white tees, right? In the South, you know. So to me. It was a no-brainer. Here we go. We got a good-looking dude, all of that. So put some clothes on him, dress people up, you know. Um, so we started the brand at the time when people thought that artist brands was dead, actually. That was the yeah. funny part about it. Like, 
it was like, yo, that shit don't work no more. It's played out. Like, no more artist brands. Rockaware and Sean John. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it just phased all out. All that just yeah. kind of died out for real, you know? Um, and we went and we we met with, like, a lot of people. Like, people that was in the business. Russell Simmons and, and David John and, um, and and Seth, who was Mark Echo's partner. And, and Echo and Complex and all that stuff, you mm -hmm. know? So we met with just a lot of people in the business and, and just told them, like, yo, this is what we're trying to do. Like, what's up? And um, it's kind of like music. Like some people put offers on the table, and then you start. But as you go from meeting to meeting, you kind of learning as you in these meetings, right? Like, damn, he said this, but he said that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so you learning, so you learning the game too. And um, and we pretty much went a route to get more direct to like a a distribution company manufacturer as opposed to signing like through a, another record label, so to say. You know what I'm saying? So like we went more direct and did a deal with a company called the RP fifty five group and um and launched a coup in 08. Yeah, yeah. So and that's that's still in existence today. Yeah, still in existence today. Um we we started a coup in, in 08, and then in 09, I started another brand called Strivers Row. Yeah. You know? I was gonna I wanna get into that. I wanna get into that. Because even Strivers Row is, is important because first of all, the name. Yeah. Um, and why you chose it? I obviously did New York roots there, but I don't think people don't even understand what why you, you can get into sure. that. Why you chose sure. Strawberry Rose's name? I mean, Strawberry Rose, you know, it's it's a block in in Harlem, you know, that is notoriously historical for the roots, specifically during the Harlem Renaissance. Mm -hmm. You know, you had a lot of like the leaders of the Renaissance that lived on this block. You know, politicians, writers, Langston Hughes, like all the type of people lived on this block. You know. Um, and, and prior to them being able to live here, they didn't want to, white people, the owners of these buildings, they didn't want to sell the buildings to black people. So they kind of sat vacant for a while, you know, and, um, and, and eventually they, they sold. And at that point, it was like well-to-do black people in a sense, right? That was able to afford to buy. And this block was just popping. It was like very um, influential. So when you hear the stories, you know, about Strivers Row, if you read the stories and the history, it's, it's kind of like a different version of Black Wall Street, you know what I'm saying, right. from a creative standpoint, more so than a financial standpoint, you know. Um, so when I heard the story, when I heard the name, I thought it was dope, I always did. Shout out to Dennis Murphy, my man D. He um, definitely, we, we kind of talked about the name, and I was like, yo, I'm about to name my company that, you know, and that's how I named it, Strawberry Rose. Let me ask you a question about... Um Licensing, because they're cool. You, said you had to, you had to license something for Muhammad Ali and Marvel. Yeah. yeah. How, what was the, what was the deal with that? How'd that work out? That went good. Muhammad Ali went really well. What was you it? Know? Like his likeness? I mean, really, like yeah, his likeness. Okay. So everything. So literally, you know, we, we did a whole capsule um, name. Mm -hmm. You know, we took DNA, butterflies. You know what I'm saying? Like in. in butterflies on sweatsuits, you know what I mean? Like, but of course we had t-shirts with, boom, his face on them as well. So we did a, a, a combination. You know, same thing with Marvel. Um, we've done something like that as well with the Ewan brand. Nah, not really. Ewan brand was a, was a collab. That wasn't a license. So our two licenses have been those two so far. We're actually working on something right now that, that could be really dope. So, so how does that work for like, because we spoke about licensing before, but not from that standpoint of like, you actually are the one that's, Paying the license, right. like, 
Yeah. Like for, for entrepreneurs that may be listening, they might not be aware of sure. how that works. Like, can you explain, like, is it like a set amount that you have to pay them every time, like royalties? Sure. Or something like that? Absolutely. So if, if I'm the brand and you have a brand that I want to license, you know, now typically, oh, how about this? I'll flip it. If you guys want to license my brand, all right, all right. <laughs> right? and now I have a brand. Now, typically for me to, to give you a license, the standard is like an 8 to 12% royalty. Now, on top of that, I may have a, an advance that I want against my earnings, though, right? So now I may say, hey, like, I need 50000 and then on top of that, I need 8 to 12%, whatever that number is. Like, we can agree on 12, 8, whatever, you know? Um, not to say that somebody else might not say, um, not to say that someone else may not do a deal for 20%, yeah. but 8 to 12% standard. standard. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. You know? um, so that's how that pretty much works. Okay. So you so go to Muhammad Ali. Go to the state who owns the, the, the rights, cut a deal with them, get them their royalty, get them their advance, get the work, and I try to make it make sense. Is it on total merchandise sold or is it each piece of merchandise sold, the, uh, the royalty? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's literally per whatever you're doing. Anything that has the likeness on it yeah. counts. Okay. Yeah. So like like records, like albums, so very similar, right? Every very album similar. sold, they get royalties? Okay. If you're using property you know yeah, what i'm saying gotcha. like it's the same thing right if you're using my trademark boom so, so what was the difference because muhammad ali obviously that's a family versus marvel which is sure. a billion dollar entity sure i guess it was a lot harder with the marvel more like paperwork and lawyers and stuff like that or you know what not really for real that's the funny part is you you would think it is but like with marvel they give out so many licenses <laughs> So I'm thinking, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So they do it so like, much. They do it so much. They yeah. like exploiting it so much, for real. That <laughs> you know, that's something that, that we learned honestly. It was like it was good to do it, but it wasn't as profitable because while you got your product in stores, seventeen other people got it. They got it in Walmart and Target. <laughs> you know what, 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 what Marvel character did you did you do? Man, we did. I couldn't speak on them. I had to look at the phone. Okay. And look at the, you know what I'm saying? But like, like we did, we did a lot of them, man. Yeah. They they probably were just sitting on the other side, like, oh, that's a character. Press the button. You know what? I wonder. I wonder if Ghostface had to ever pay Marvel. They should pay him. They should pay. They should pay him. But I wonder if he ever had to pay that's him. Interesting. Yeah, an album called Iron Man. Yeah. Tony Starks was his moniker for years. But that's interesting, though. Who should pay who, though, right? They should pay, at that, should pay him. At that time, and I was into comics. Like, I had the Marvel uh, cards, the series. Like, yeah. 91, 92, when okay. you used to collect with the hologram cards. Yeah. I collected them. And then they started getting cartoons. But, like, when Ghostface started saying that, and it was, like, your cartoon characters. Even, like, everyone in Wu-Tang had, like, an alter ego character. Sure, I was sure, like, sure. yo, they be, made it popular. They didn't have a Marvel movie then. Like, the first, Marvel didn't even put out movies till later. Like, the first yeah. thing Sony did was partner with them and... Put out Spider Man, yeah. and then like, okay, now cartoon movies can be a thing. Yeah. But prior to that, nobody was thinking about it. I mean, DC had it with with, with Batman and Superman, but Marvel, it's yeah. real quiet over yeah. that side. Yeah. I was never a collector, so I can't speak too much. But that's interesting. Yeah. No, that's interesting because it's like you, I can see it from both sides. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I you kind of you took sides. you took their thing, you but took, you made your whole thing on my thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you think about it like exactly. if you was the person who made the originator. <laughs> And the person that took your joy and ran with it and made a life of his own comes say, yo, you should pay me. You like, huh? You need pay me, though. It was, yeah. it, it was dead in the water. It was me before that was you. That's a fact. Yeah. That was but funny. he did help the brand. That, I'm sure. Free, free promotion. Absolutely. Absolutely. For free. Absolutely. Free promotion. But we see, how many times have we seen that in hip-hop I mean, culture? Clearly. Yeah, yeah. We definitely know that. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, all right. So now, doubling back on the music thing. Yeah. Meek Mill. 
one of the greatest rappers of this generation. He was also signed to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meek, yeah. Tip, Charlie Mack. Shout out to um, Charlie Mack. Philly's own. Um, that's kind of like how, how Meek connected with Tip. And literally, Meek was dope. Like, you saw the raw energy of it. You saw the, you know, that was Meek with the cornrows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, you see all, all of the clips you see now looking back, like, that was it. So, like, when you, when you first heard Meek, you knew, like, all right, this is, this is something. I, I, honestly, when, when you first heard Meek, you knew he was dope. But even more than that, when we first heard Meek, Philly was already rocking with me. Yeah, he was a, he was a celebrity in Philly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it was already a local thing, you know? Yeah. So it was like, I got my opinion. Of course, I think he's dope. But really, for real, who cares what your opinion thinks? His backyard loves him right now. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before it works, you know? And to me, that's what I feel like with artists, man. You want to get in business with an artist. I look at an artist as like a, a founder of a company. And you want to invest in someone that's going to make it with or without you. Mm. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's somebody that, yo, you need me for this, need me for that, it's a hard investment. But if it's somebody that, like, trajectory-wise, like, you see the energy, you see, like, yo, it's only a matter of time before he makes it. So you, you when you you guys just let him go free and clear when Ti um, went to yeah, jail, yeah, 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 yeah. no, yeah. just nothing, just out of good faith, like yo, just let him go. It was done for you. You did it. You returned the favor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had a producer too, B Billionaire. <laughs> Shout out to Raz, B Billionaire. He went over there with um with Ross too during that time. You know, we had him. As do well. you have any regrets about that? Like, do you think maybe you could have still kind of worked out something with you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like. I mean, you know, it's, it's you can't really, I don't really see it like that. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You can't really, like, I don't really see it like that. I mean. That, you know, when, when, when you do, when you make certain moves and you, a certain kind of way, you can always be straight. You got, I mean, looking back on it, I mean, you lost, you lost Meek, but you had the next biggest star, probably the biggest star outside of the guy from Canada. Well, who, uh, well speaking of we'll, that. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get there in a second. Yeah, I mean, you know. so you. you it's interesting too because I feel like in the music business, we spoke about this with Chris Gotti, where it's like it's really just based off of your opinion, right? There's really no set rhyme or reason. Like mm -hmm. this person is gonna be a star, this person isn't gonna be a star. Sure. It's just kind of like, like you said, I mean, you can kind of gauge it off of like their buzz already. Yeah. But outside of that, as far as like gauging the quality of music or like star status, it's really just your personal opinion. Sure. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it, it doesn't. Absolutely. So Drake. Drake. When you when you when you was introduced to Drake and he you could have signed Drake, what, what was your what was your what's the rationale? Yo, why you didn't, why you didn't sign shout Drake? out to Drake. Shout <laughs> out to Drake. <laughs> shout out to Drake. First and foremost, let's say this: we was going to um, Toronto a lot. We was doing stuff in Toronto, and yo, before Drake, Canada was a different world. That's a fact. We was there. We was there. I, no, I, we was there. That's a fact. We, that's a fact. We were there pre-Drake. It was a different that's world. A fact. Like, it was a lot of love, yo. Yo, it was crazy. <laughs> like, what? Like, so, Jay. Gir girls used to like. You know, you know. Dudes would bring you ladies. Like, hey, man, welcome to my city. Yo, that is a girls. fact. What? It was a different <laughs> thing, man. Like, yo, it was so, hit so and chill. We, we Shout out to Young Street. We love in Toronto. We up there, you know. And um, and it was a few rappers that was buzzing for real, during that time it was like belly was buzzing and and drake was you know um doing this thing and it was a few rappers you know um but of course yes drake was introduced i didn't see it 
You know, I didn't see it at all. Like, we didn't see it. Like, you know, for real. But at the same time, Drake had this manager, man. Hollaback T. Slack. <laughs> that was the name. I don't know where he at. Shout out to Hollaback T. Slack. Always wondered what happened to him. For real. Because Drake, he had this manager. And dude used to, like, go hard. But kind of be a little bit annoying, too. For yeah. I was like, yo, what's up? This Hollaback T. Slack. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and that's why, you know, like, yo, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line between, like, Persistence yeah. and being a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what I mean? And homeboy used to teeter that line for you. <laughs> you know, so that, that, you know, and it's all love. Like, shout out to him. And like, but it's just real. Yeah. Like, so for me and my experience, that was another factor in it too. Like, oh shit, I don't like you about to call me again. But, you know, shout out to Drake. Like, yo, he went and obviously I'm sure he, he everything went perfect for him. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, when you, when you went in it, Everybody got a story about who they missed out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. Yo, when you're in it and you focused on your hustle, I'm going to miss out on somebody else's hustle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can't never think about it. And like it. you said, at that time, it's like he has an afro and he's Jewish and he's doing Degrassi and yeah, he's singing. First. Singing. A, yeah. I, I told you, okay, like, even I read um, Jay Prince's book and Jay Prince was like, he didn't understand it. Like, when his son was like, yo, he going to be big, he was like, Whatever, but like you know what I'm saying, like, he I guess you. Know, like, and, and that's that's all credit to Drake, right? Drake tra- changed like hip hop in that regard, like because for real, looking at it, there was nobody from Canada that was popping. Nope. There was Cardinal Official. Cardinal Official. Yeah, Cardinal, Cardinal Official. Cardinal Official. Official. Cardinal yeah. Official. Yeah. Official. Toronto to Legend. Shout out to him, Toronto Legend. But that was like the biggest rapper that we had seen up to that point. You know, so it was just like. Yo, Drake had like a butterfly collar. It was just like you didn't see it. Like, I don't know. Like no you know, mustache. Yeah, <laughs> like he was young, but nah, shit, he bounced the, back, the, came back through. <laughs> nah, the country of Canada needs to make him like an official ambassador. Like, nah, because it's like not only not only did he change the course of music, the Raptors all of a sudden became NBA shit. Like Bro, the whole culture yeah, changed. Drake is everything for Canada. You no, me? yeah. Like, After think him, about the, look at the plane that they give him. Like, no, that's the like, hardest every, plane out. Look at the plane, man. Yeah. What I tell you, right? The message at the bottom is: if you're reading this, we love. That's hard. <laughs> that is a hard message. Yo, Drake is like the president of Canada, bro. After him, you got he is straight. He got like, he he became the biggest music star, and then he got replaced for a second by another guy from Canada, Justin Bieber. And it's like, yo, we uh, can't. No, no, he, no he Justin, never replaced. Drake, Drake never got replaced. No, 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 pop star. Pop, no, 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 Whatever pop player. star. Pop star. He's the biggest. Justin Bieber at a point was the biggest pop star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, well, these I guys were. I wouldn't use the term replaced. No, no, no. As he, a pop star? He, he got joined. Joined. Okay. <laughs> okay. Language is important. Language is important. That's fair. Language is important. He got joined by another Toronto star. Then they started getting number one picks coming from Toronto. I'm just like, yo, what? And then the weekend, pop, crazy. Yeah, like. Belly. Drake. Tory Lanez. He changed Toronto, bro. Like that shit used to be like. Nah, I never seen. I never seen. We we was in Toronto before Drake got popular. Like you said, you go to club for five dollars. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy. (laughs) I came back and it was like New York. They like. Wait line. Have 150 for the for the, like yo, yo it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think about like you've experienced that you know like yeah. man. The Vince that yeah. was a Vince Carter days. Vince Carter. Yeah. The Vince, Vince Carter, Carter days. Shout out to yeah. Vince, man. So let's talk about um another licensing deal on the music side because you guys leave Atlantic and then you I guess you go to Columbia. Yeah. So for yeah, the for yeah. the paperwork album. Yeah. So was that a was that different? Like it was a different type of Deal, you just signed a licensing? Like, how did that work? That was a distribution deal. Distribution deal. You know, so that was, yeah, a distribution deal, whereas, boom, like, 
like you said, it could work in two different ways. You can turn in an album and they can just distribute the album through a license or they can just distribute the album directly with you and you're good for whatever you agree on, right? One album, two albums, whatever. But that's back to, you know, one of those splits that that's just straight ownership at the end of the day. So, yeah. the, what, you, so you did, the first one wasn't a distribution deal. With Atlantic Records. It wasn't. No, that was a JV partnership. But this one was a distribution this deal. This one was a distribution. So what's the difference between a JV partnership and a distribution? The difference between a JV partnership is really going to be the splits. Like, a JV partnership is typically 50-50. You know, like I said, you can get your master's back or you cannot get your master's back, depending on your deal. Mm -hmm. you know? Now when it comes to a distribution deal, you maintain the ownership of your master's, but now your split may change. You can come in and people say, yo, Master P, 85-15 split. <laughs> Most people really ain't doing that for us, right? Most people... Yeah. Yo, I, I, you might start off, okay, distribution, 85, 15, or 80, 20, so to say, right? And now the artist says, but I need some money for for videos. I need some money for it. Everything you need money for is like, okay, 10 more for me, 10 more for me, 10 more for me. So you can end up being at a 60, 40, and it can still be distribution. You could have been at a 50, 50, and it's still distribution. So it's like, depending on that split will determine the profit okay. share, you know? But you still own 10, your master. So um, the distribution, you, you own your masters right away. Right, that, okay. that album, y'all own, yeah, yeah, own the masters right yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. After that, do y'all become the completely independent? After that, yeah. After that, nah, Tip actually put out a project through Epic, too. Okay. You know, but it was the same kind of way. That's when LA went there, yeah, to yeah, Epic. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. LA was, that was actually not that long ago, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then you then the all-deaf distribution. Absolutely. How, acquisition. Um, so what was what's that? What's, what's all deaf? So that was Russell Simmons thing. That's all deaf. Yeah. So Russell Simmons started all deaf, which is basically a, a content company, right? That lives on multiple platforms, predominantly Facebook and YouTube. They focus on hip hop and comedy. So Russell Simmons started this company in like 2016, I think, uh, maybe 15. And they they uh, they raised like 17 million dollars. You know, so they created brands. You got. Bar exam, you have um, arts and raps, you have you know different brands that exist on this plat on the platform. So now Russell Simmons and these guys ran into some complications, decided to sell it. Boom, we ended up buying it. When I say we, I created a, um, a, a um, syndicate. Syndicate, exactly. Me and Tip created a syndicate. So now myself, Tip, Baron Davis, um, Paul Judge. Paul Judge, Paul Judge is a part of it as well. Paul Judge, um, Mucker Capital, BetaWorks, you know, two VCs, mm -hmm. and my guys Cedric Rogers and Sean Newsom all pretty much acquired it, you know. Um, but for real, like, yeah, so, that, so that's that, right? So we acquired that in the 19, opened up 2020 with it, and now, of course, the pandemic hits, you know. So now, like you guys know, content has been up throughout the pandemic yeah. initially. So our content was up, our numbers was up. We reactivated the, the um, you know, the platform, you know, the, the programs and things have been going good. Now ad dollars are leveling back up. So now we're actually about to go out and raise money though. You know, because we want to do obviously more work with it. So how, how do creators, uh, what, how do they get the ability to put content on the platform? On All Def? Yeah. Man, you can go to All Def and I'll say DM right now. That's the biggest way. We're working on the web app so that the, the whole page is not up, but mm -hmm. go and DM if you're a creator, if you're a comedian, or you're just a content creator in general, go to All Def and um, shoot a DM open. So Heavy Sounds Lab. 
Heavy Sound that's, Labs. That's, that's, what that's what you're doing now. What, yeah. what is, what's that? So Heavy Sound Labs is a modern day record label, you know? So now for me, I say I did Grand Hustle. I started that almost 20 years ago. So now what is a, a, a record company, so to say, look like today? So in my mind, I feel like it's, it's community because I know that I don't want to just have a, a brand new artist. Me and, and this brand new artist is just us. That's tough. That's Going a tough job. There's a, a long road ahead of me. <laughs> you know? So to me, up front, I'm like, okay, it's really kind of community for real. You know, when I look at Grand Hustle and I look at what we built, we built the community. You look at all of these brands, they really, Rockefeller, Rough, Rank, Rough like, Riders. Rough Riders, like, yo, it was always community, right? But we really didn't have, like, we didn't take advantage of the technology, so to say, to connect the community. For real, mm-hmm. You know, when I go to the Trap Music Museum, I see people that, that I, I've seen these people for years. You know what I'm saying? Like, now they stand here with their kids in line with the trap. So I'm like, damn, like, so now with Heavy Sound Labs, I'm saying from the beginning, I want to create an online record label. Now, anyone can go to the website, heavysound.com. You can hit the artist tab and you can apply to be an artist. You know, nowadays we know that artists, it ain't about, yo, I'm in the streets, it's hot. Like, this shit comes, yo, you, yeah. you went out the side of the wall, your mother from your mother, your parents, <laughs> you're making a record. You know what I'm saying? You're doing a little dance move or something, you uploading it, boom, and now it's going. So to me, I want every artist, every young creator to know that they can come to heavysound.com upload their music here, and we can possibly partner, you know? Um, we've run through a, a series of questions designed to flow as if we were having a conversation. I ask artists what's important to them, da, da, da. Now, if they're with it, if we with it, we onboard them as an artist, you know? Um, as an artist, we work with artists in three phases, you know? Um, distribution, amplification, and growth, you know? So distribution is an 80-20 deal, mm-hmm. so we come in, 80, 20 partners, 80 goes to the artist for 20%. We provide services for them, distribution services, payout services, but we also give them attention. We give them office hours, you know, access to our team to really kind of learn stuff hands-on. We give them access to um, talks like this. We do talks with proven industry experts, you know, called heavy talks. So we give them access to those one-on-one conversations. Um, we get them access to a lot of different resources. We have a Slack channel, you know, a, a Slack um, group that has about 800 of our crew members, you know, that are in here now having conversations. Is that the Heavy Crew? That's the Heavy Crew. Okay. Yeah. So you go to the website, heavysound.com, you can also hit the Heavy Crew now, you know, because initially what I started seeing is, as I pretty much had like an open casting call for artists, I'm turning away a lot of artists, right? But a lot of artists are just not ready for it, you know? So now I'm like, damn, how could I convert them? I was an intern before. I was on the street team before. So now I say, like, what does today's street team program, internship program look like if I'm saying I'm doing a digital record company? So now I create the heavy crew. So now if you're an artist that you're too early, yo, go apply over here, and we're going to have conversations to give you information so you can get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? But now, even more than that, now it's managers, A&Rs, promoters, you know, like other people that, yo, you have interest in the music business, you can come over here, we got this community, and we can all just share information and help build each other up. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I get to activate my crew, though. You know? So now I got almost 1,500 heavy crew members, and in my mind, I'm thinking back to street team, right? Like, there's no more hanging up posters, giving out stickers, flyers. That don't exist no more. Now it's 
post on social media. Yeah, repost stories. Repost, right? Comment, all of that stuff. So now I get to activate my crew and say, yo, on Tuesday at 2 o'clock, we're going um, we're gonna to be advertising All Started Great. So we're going to post All Started Great. We're going to hashtag SRT at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. And now we got hundreds of people doing it at the same time. Thousands of people eventually, right, for a brand new artist. The biggest thing for a brand new artist is to get somebody else to talk about. Yeah. You know, so you know, just kind of building that crew so it can be like more, and I can talk to the audience in in a bunch of ways, not just about the direct music. The, that's crazy because in my mind, I'm like, especially in these times, how are you how are you going to amplify the artist? But you just gave a thousand ways, and one of the things I think is important is that there is no growth anymore in artists. Yeah, <clears throat> and it sounds like this is what this platform's for, yeah. right? Like now it's like, yo, I can make a hot song in my living room, put it out, and now I'm hot. But how do I grow? Right. So like absolutely. How do I actually develop turn this into a business? Right. Right. It's like everybody got access now. But how do you turn that into a sustainable business as the other side of it? You know, so for us, like I said, I look at it, I bring artists in. We were originally on an 80-20 split, and now I look at your traction at the right time. We evolved to a 50-50 deal. I start investing finances in you, and my goal is to partner with a major label. So I want to do the same thing that I've done with a T.I., with a Travis, with a Bob, with all of these artists, right? Grab them early as an early stage investment, partner with them, invest in them, show traction, partner with a major label. So it's a music incubator. You know, I want to do that over and over and over. You know? Do they own their masters? Or? Yes. They own okay. Their masters. Yep, they own their masters. So it's, it's like a direct, and then you just... So it's like a TuneCore, CD Baby, like you. Nah, it's not like that, right? So you have <coughs> TuneCores and CD Babies, but I'm like a luxury offering for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go there, that shit is like the abyss. It's just like a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm Well, I mean, for, for them, as far as, like, they publish it to the, to the uh, iTunes. Yeah, they own Apple everything. Apple. Yeah, they own everything when they go that route. Now, when you come my route, you still own everything. We do a 24-month deal. So I want to partner with a major label within 24 own your masters, but I got the rights to exploit your masters, meaning that I'm going to be during this time working syncs and trying to get placement of your songs to socialize somewhere else. So I need the ability to run around and do that as opposed to, you know, you're a new artist, so you don't have no demand, so nobody's waiting for you. So I don't have time to say, yo, John Brown, I'm calling you, and John Brown's at work, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and John Brown can't get back to me, like, and by the time he get back to me, when after the night shift's over with, he hits me back, and I hit the other person back the next day. They're like, are you serious? Like, I don't care about, you know, like, at that point, it's just a numbers game. Whoever has the sound for the low, that's who's going to go right now. So I just really want the rights um, for the, um, the duration to exploit your music and help build your music. But you own your music that time because for real the masters ain't worth nothing yet like, yeah. you know what I'm saying you that's the it. trick man. Yeah, like, right, right. you always own it as long as it ain't worth nothing like that doesn't really matter so people gotta really understand like when they start talking about masters and ownership and, and people investing money in you like a lot of people really don't have a real good education on that still you know that's a fa- so do you think that record labels are still and cause we've heard like Steve Stout say like record labels aren't they shouldn't even be around anymore like do you feel there's still a place for record labels? Or how do you feel? Like, what's your thoughts about that? Yo, I mean, to me, I feel like um, I feel like you just got to go on a record label the right way. You know, I feel like the bigger, the biggest acts in the world are with major record labels. That's a fact. You know, a major record label provides 
major resources. Provides resources, personnel all around the globe. Music right now is a global business, right? Hip hop, biggest genre in the world, you know? So to me, like, I wanna know like, yo, what's going on in Tokyo? What's going on in London? What's going on in Lagos? What's going on over here in Sydney? Like, you know what I'm saying? If they consuming music in Britain, like, it benefits me to have representation, right? So now we talked about all kinds of different deals. If I tell you, yo, you could do a deal with these people, you can um, maintain ownership, and they gonna promote you, I don't get it. Like, so, you know, I think it's really just about what kind of deal you do, but most artists really wanna be the biggest artist they could be. They wanna be Kanye, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm, Biggest artist, I got sneakers, I got, I'm selling out shows, I got the hot girl, I got, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, most artists want to be Kanye, they don't want to be Master P for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, Master P put in work for real. So most people could say that and it sound good, but man, you don't have to, you know, that's, 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 that's a special person, you know? And it's very rare to find that, those attributes both in one person, you know? So, it's interesting. Jason, man, you didn't disappoint, man. Oh, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, how can the people contact you um, and, yeah, all of the adventures that you have going on? Anything that you want to tell the people? Absolutely. I'm um, Jason Jeter, G-E-T-E-R, on social media, be it whatever. You know, every social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Jason Jeter, G-E-T-E-R. And then you can also go to heavysound.com if you're an artist, if you want to be part of the process of music, of developing artists, of um, building your brands. If you want to communicate and network with like-minded creatives, heavysound.com. Appreciate that. Troy, Appreciate yeah, yeah, shout out to everybody on patreon.com. That is our Proud to Pay program. Y'all know that tier four and five uh, gets you access to EYL University, the number one online school in the world, man. Shout out to all the earners on there. And uh, shout out to everybody that's in our book club and our investment group on Facebook, uh, headed up by myself and uh, our brother, MG, the mortgage guy, and everybody that's supporting the merch on EarnYourLeisure.com. We got some limited items that will be coming out very shortly, so uh, stay tuned for that. How's the merch doing? We're just doing pretty well, man. We, we, uh, we got some stuff for you. We got some stuff yeah, for you. Yeah, I got some yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah. 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 you know what to a thing about that, so we're going to pick your brain. Any, any, any point is a great lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Once again, shout out to Atlanta. Thank you guys for rocking with yes. us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.